Thanks for tuning in. We hope this message encourages and challenges you today. Now here's Pastor Steve Boyce. And uh, we're going to talk about the mind, how powerful it is, and how much it is the control center. And everything that your life is going to end up being comes out of the thoughts and the thinking process that you have as a, as a, as a person, where that comes from and how God comes to, to, to rescue us in it all. You know, God rescues us from our past. He rescues us from our hurt. He rescues us from all the damage that, that happened to us or that we caused to others. But He also begins to repair us. He doesn't leave us there. He begins to repair us. He repairs our, our, our bodies. He repairs our past. He repairs our hurts. He repairs our hearts, but He repairs our minds. And that is, a, that is an awesome thing. I'll tell you what, that is salvation. I need to be saved in my mind and in my body, amen, and for eternity. So that's an awesome thing. Would you turn in your Bibles to Philippians, the fourth chapter? I want to read a couple of verses that are there, and, um, or open your phone, turn on your phone. Um, hopefully you can circle on your phone and put a few notes in the margin on your phone because I want you to do that. But it says this in Philippians, the fourth chapter. Turn there real quick as I'm going. I'm not waiting for you. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, Paul the Apostle is telling this church how to think. All right? So whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. These are the kinds of thoughts that we need to have. And Paul the Apostle is saying, these are thoughts that will bring health to your mind and thoughts that are not of this origin, be careful. Because they're not maybe of God. They're not going to help you. They're not, they're, this is not the way you should think. And so then he goes on and he says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, I, you know, I could say the same thing. This is what the teacher of the Bible says to those that are receiving the Word of God. But he says, whatever you've heard, whatever has been taught to you, whatever has been opened to you in Scripture, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Paul is saying not just, you know, do what I say, but as you've seen me live, put this into practice. Put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And what I want you to know tonight is that part of the healing process is going to be your ability to put into practice what it is God has shown you in truth. It's not just enough to hear or be a hearer of the word only, but you must be a doer of the word. Can you say amen? amen. So everybody say this with me, put it into practice. We're going to have to put the word of God into practice in order to see the, the thing begin to out, uh, come in our life. And then Romans, the eighth chapter, if you would put this verse up, the mind of the sinful man is death. Now, when this says that the sinful man, it's not talking about, you know, the, the, the wicked evil. It's talking about every mind. Before we have our minds filled with God, our minds are sinful. Before we meet Jesus, the redeemer of our minds, our minds are sinful. And, and it may not be just, uh, you know, you want to rob a bank or you want to hit somebody over the head. It can be just mortal in its thinking. Your minds tend to mortality. You tend to doubt. You tend to dread. You tend to be negative. You tend to criticize. You tend to not believe. You tend. This is the mortal side of your mind. It is a sinful mind. And when we have a, 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 a sinful mind, it tends toward death. It leaks toxins into your life. 
Because when you're negative and critical and, and distrusting and, 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 and all the different things that, that we are on the mortal side, it tends to death. It leaks into your life. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. The, the sinful mind rejects the things of God. See, because I've learned in my mind, if you're going to get, you better snatch. You better grab hold of it. If you're going to get, that's how you get. God says, give and you'll receive. Well, my mind is hostile to that. I said, well, wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. See, the kingdom of God is like upside down. It's flipped upside down. We need to understand the truths of God are higher than we can comprehend. They have to, they have to be taught to us. Because the mortal mind or, or the sinful mind rejects the ways of God. They're, they're opposite to us. And so we think, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're going to get a hold of, you better grab a hold of. We, we think it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. Can you imagine Jesus Christ coming and telling his disciples, look, you guys, all right, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. See, God doesn't talk like that. God doesn't think like that. We do. We do. See, it's the sinful mind. The sinful mind is hostile to the things of God. It doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it do so. But in Romans 12, verse 2, it says this, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Don't conform any longer to that thinking, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many are asking God, renew my mind? Amen. We are in a renewing process with God. And then finally, in 2 Corinthians in chapter 10 and verse 5, it says, we demolish arguments. We demolish the reasoning, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And he, here's, here's what we have to do. As uh, I want to say responsible adults, knowing Christ, you have to now all of a sudden be as a centurion guarding the thoughts that will hit your mind to make sure you're going to make it obedient to Christ. Because these thoughts, it doesn't, it doesn't mean because you're in Christ, uh, all your thoughts are going to be holy. How many know that's not the case? In fact, you are going to be, you know, the devil's going to sharpshoot at you. You need to say, you know, whatever thoughts are going to come at me or, or try to plant themselves in, in, my, in my life, I'm going to make sure that I make them uh, submit to the ways of God. I'm going to take every thought captive. And so... When Jesus becomes our Lord and our Savior, He rescues us and He begins to redeem our minds as well. And all of the destructive habit patterns and all the destructive thinking processes that we've developed over time, God comes to set us free from. That is truly what salvation is. Now, I want to show you the three parts of who, who it is we are and, and the makeup of, uh, of the human being. And I'm going to start over here with the, the body. We are... Partly a body and so your body is your vehicle. It's the thing that you use and move and God, God made your body the perfect serving machine So you're able to serve others. You're able to serve your family. You're also able to serve God He gave you the perfect serving machine. We turn sometimes our body into the perfect sin, sinning machine where we use all the different faculties that we have and end up in trouble. But that doesn't necessarily come from the body. Let's call this the bus. This is the bus. The mind, on the other hand, is the control center. 
This is the part of you that tells the body what to do. This is actually the bus driver. Okay? So if the bus is going to go somewhere, it's because the bus driver is telling it where to go. See, it's not like your body takes off on its own and just says, I'm headed for the cupcakes. No, your mind says, let's go get some cupcakes, and your body's like, okay. (laughs) When you see that the mind begins to control the body, the mind and the thought process of, 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 of who it is we are begins to tell the body where it is we're going and what it is we're going to do. This, in turn, develops into the outcome of our life. The outcome of your, our, our life, our future, everything, everything that, that's happening in our lives is a, is a byproduct of how we think and how it's carried out. This is the outcome. And the, the problem with this, the problem with this is that the mind, the thinking process that we have and that we use, it, it comes from our background. So it comes from our experience. Okay? So everything that we've gone through, we experience, we begin to bring it into our thinking process. I don't know how many of you guys have, have uh, little ones or have observed little ones. Uh, when they throw a fit, you ever see a little kid throw a fit? They throw themselves down, and then they look. Well, what's happening? What kind of effect is this having? You ever walk out of the room when a kid's throwing the fit? They stop. They come into the room that you're in. They throw themselves down in there. I wasn't getting any attention over there. Something happened. But anyway, here I am again, and I'm going to do this. And, and we evaluate every action and reaction. We know how to blow people back. We know how to create space. We know how to treat people. We, we, we begin to understand, when I look at you like this, I've learned you start to do this. So, so, so all of a sudden I have this experience telling my mind, look at him like that. And the next thing you know, we have an outcome and we process this. And we begin to, we begin to calculate what we do how, and how it affects others. How we treat others, how we react, how we respond, what happens to others. Now, this isn't the... This isn't the the end of it all. In fact, God gives us a spirit. This is the most important part of who it is you are. This is the eternal side of, of what it is life is all about. This is the eternal essence of who it is you are. This is what is really alive. Now, before you meet Christ, and the, Bi- and the Bible says this, we read those verses, but before you meet Christ, the sinful mind, or the mind without Christ, the sinful mind is death. It produces an outcome of carnage. It produces an outcome of poor decisions, poor choices. Um, and uh, sometimes catastrophic things. You can see that this bus has hit a few telephone poles. You know, when you look at the bus, when you look at the outcome, when you look at the, the, the sum total of what's happening here, it's hit a few telephone poles. I mean, we, we, we've got arms and legs hanging out of this bus. We, we've, we've got some carnage going on. Well, the reason is because the thinking process is, is, is the responsible one here. It, it's the way you process your thoughts that tells the body, hit the pole. And so the spirit... The spirit of man comes alive when Jesus comes into your life. 
The spirit of man comes alive when Jesus comes into your life. Now, what happens with the spirit is that God, God begins to speak into your spirit. This is what hears God. Your mind isn't the thing that, in fact, the mind is hostile to the things of God. I I don't understand. I can't understand. But you see, the spirit has ears to hear. And the Spirit has eyes to see. When we talk about being able to see the things of God, we're talking about the eyes of the Spirit. I can see truth. You don't see truth with your mind. You see it with your spirit. And so God begins to speak into your spirit truth. Now, what, what comes into our mind? You know, we talk about outcome. What, what comes into our mind is the, is the income. And many times the income is wrong. It's false. It's not right. Uh, all, of, all of our experiences have, have taught us things that aren't really right. Like, it's a dog-eat-dog world. We, we begin to under... We, or we try to, we try to understand, if you're going to have anything, you've got to fight for it. You've got to fight for it. And so the income is, you better fight. You better fight for this thing. When in fact, actually, no, there's another way. There's another way for you to be blessed, and it isn't fight. But, but y- your mind can't hear it. Your spirit has to hear it. Amen? Your spirit has to hear it. Let me put something else in here. The media. I'll tell you, the media, Hollywood, will tell you how to think. It will tell you what a relationship looks like. It will tell you what's good and what's not good. And, 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 but the thing is, you buy into this and you don't understand, but the income is false information. How can you have a good outcome if you have bad income? Amen? So, so the, the media is going to try to tell you about sex. The media will tell you every wrong thing there is to know about sex. Because they try to put it into Hollywood terms or try to dr- put it into drama terms. It's not really marriage terms. It's not really a holy matrimony thing that they're talking about. It's not really a God-given thing that they're talking about. They're talking about some weird, perverted, twisted, crazy thing that they invented out in Hollywood that does not work out there. Do you think it's working in Hollywood? Then they know so much about sex. Then they know so much about relationships. Let me tell you, anything goes. Let me see it. Show me anything goes. Because all I've seen is carnage and destruction. <laughs> Come on. The best you can do. I've seen your bus. <laughs> I've seen your bus. It's got a dent on every quarter. You, 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 you don't even have a good dashboard in that, in that bus. This thing, is, this thing is upside down in the ditch, burning and on fire, and you're trying to tell me how to do it? You can't tell us how, because I've seen the bus. No, no, you, you show me a good bus with a family and heritage and children and grandchildren. You, you show me that, then I'm going to listen. Amen? But you can't show me the good outcome with all that bad income. Because I want you to know, all this stuff that comes in, many times, it's just simply false. It's false. And what God wants to t- speak into you is truth. Okay? God wants to speak truth into your life. And so truth comes into your spirit, and then your spirit begins to affect your mind. Your mind is an awesome thing. Your mind is an incredible thing. How do we put... Men on the moon. I mean, that, that might seem to be the most technically difficult thing to do, do you know, in, in turn. We did it back in the 60s, like 50 years ago. 
So, so it's not that hard. Uh, I mean, just think of the technical hard things we're doing now. The mind is an incredible thing. And God wants to redeem the mind and bless the mind. He wants you to have a powerful life. He wants you to have an incredible outcome. He wants you to have something that, 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 that can be built on in your heritage. He doesn't want to be torn down. So, so God begins to speak these truths into your life, into your spirit. For instance, faith. Faith. Joy. Hope. Okay? E- even love, like compassion. And until you meet the Lord, you don't have the kind of deep love for people. You're selfish and you can't help but being selfish because everybody told you, you better look over yourself and if things don't go your way, stamp your feet and cry. You'll see things will start to turn around. Don't, don't let that guy get ahead of you. Don't let that guy go in and talk to the boss. You go in and talk to the boss after him. In fact, talk about the boss. Talk bad about him. Talk bad about the boss. Talk bad about this one. Talk. Bad. And then you think you're going to have a good outcome. But you know what? The mind, the, the, the mind that is hostile to God, it's, it's fear-based. The Spirit will help you to become faith-based. Faith-based. Now all of a sudden, I'm not thinking fearful. I'm thinking faith. I'm thinking, you know something? Things happen all the time. But God is for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? Amen? He's made me more than a conqueror. You know, God works all things together for good. I begin to understand the truth that sets me free. And so God comes to us and he begins to displace the false with the truth. It starts to push this stuff out. Uh, My experiences have to kind of be unraveled. My experiences have to be kind of undone. It's the truth of God that begins to push out the experiences where I, I, I begin to understand, you know something? The more I fight the angrier I am. God says, uh, don't be mad against your enemies and curse your enemies. In fact, bless your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Well, again, the the, the mind that doesn't know the Lord can't even conceive of that. Bless my enemy? I'm going to kill my enemy. I'm going to kill my enemy. But God says, no, bless your enemy. You know, I was thinking about... um, uh, you know, the different responses that we get while we're driving our cars on the road, you know, because, you know, road rage, it's such a popular thing these days. And, uh, and, and, and not only that, but, you know, I always think like the Bible says in the last days, the love of many is going to wax cold. I don't know if we're in the last days, but man, I'll tell you what, the love of many is waxing cold. You can't even take a parking spot without somebody pulling a shotgun out of their trunk and coming after you. It's like, hey, look, here, I'll even help you shop. Just put the shotgun away. You know, and the more you see people's reaction just because you did a little something. I can tell you this. I've cut people off in my day inadvertently. And I always feel like when someone cuts me off, I know the feeling. If you did it on purpose, you know what? God says, bless your enemies. I'm just going to bless you. I'm just going to let that person go. But if you did it inadvertently, then of course I understand that. So a lot of times people will look at you like, I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. Usually, though, there's a lot of anger being exchanged out there on the road. Amen? And God says, bless your enemies. Do not curse them. I try to maintain a good and a healthy attitude when I'm on the road. Um, I, I, I might be considered a little bit of an offensive driver. Not offensive, Offensive. <laughs> my, 
my wife Nancy, she's more of a, she's more of, I, I'm talking to her on the phone, I hear horns going off, you know, beep, beep. I said, was that guy beeping at you? Wow, you got good ears. <laughs> yeah, but was he beeping at you, honey? <laughs> well, I don't know, he thinks I was in his lane, you know. I remember one time I pulled out of CVS and um, I, I saw the car coming. I had plenty of time to pull out. So, so I did. I pulled out and the guy must not have seen me. He must have been looking down or whatever. But when he looked up, he saw that I had kind of pulled out in front of him and I was cut, cutting across his, his lane or whatever. Anyway, so he, he, he freaks out and lays on the horn. Beep. Unfortunately, we were coming up to a red light and I guess he didn't, he didn't do the math. We're coming up to a red light. I'm in the right lane. So he slides by me on the right because I kind of slowed down for him. And I put my window down. And uh, now he's looking straight ahead. And his girlfriend or his wife is, is, is in, and they're both looking straight ahead. They won't look at me. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, this is kind of funny. I put my window down. I say, hey, buddy. <laughs> he's looking straight ahead. I say, hey, buddy. He won't look at me. I said, what'd you have to do? Tap the brakes? You know? <laughs> and... Uh, because, like, I mean, this is driving, is it not? I mean, we do know how to drive, right? I mean, there's the gas. I'm thinking to myself, listen, if you hit the gas, you couldn't have hit me. But I understand. People get fearful when they're driving, and when that fear hits them, instantly this anger starts to take over. But, you know, a lot of times people, again, will slip back into their thought process and say, I know what to do. I'll lay on the horn. But, but you know what? That doesn't do anybody any good. That doesn't help you. Can you say amen? amen. Well, I, I, you know, and I've already given you my old person's uh, speech, but I've been convicted about old people on the highway, and, and, and I let them go now. I, I'll drive up behind them. They're doing 40 miles an hour in the high-speed lane, and I look at them. You know, there they are, 106 or something. <laughs> and I just say, God bless you, you know. But somebody else is behind him, be trying to swerve around, you nut, you knucklehead, you nut. And I'm looking, I feel like saying, hey, he's old, he's 106, let him go, you know. <laughs> Haven't you had a revelation like I have that elderly people are actually pretty cool? But, but I'll tell you this, now that I'm over 60, I, I can tell you why people drive slow, older people drive slow, because they're not in a hurry. Isn't that true? Come on, let's hear from you guys. They're not in a hurry. I used to drive fast because I was late to everything. So you used to drive fast. Now, I don't care if I'm late. <laughs> and I'm not in a hurry. So, you know, I set, my, I set my cruise control and just, you know, go 35 miles an hour down the, the 25 mile an hour zone. Anyway, so god begins to breathe into us joy begins to replace dread I, I want you to know that the thinking process that you have here will leak into your body you know i, I saw some prayer requests up there uh and, and and some of them some of them are results of this whole thing actually not working if god could could fix your thinking process by getting you to understand let your spirit begin to tell your mind how to think if, if we if we could get fixed here we wouldn't have night terrors we wouldn't have depression and suicidal thoughts and all these different things that come here because God has a better way of helping us. So I want to give you these two things, two helpful things for us to understand that we need to do. Number one is we need to begin to begin doing the word. Do we have that slide up? Begin doing the word. Our actions affect our thinking. 
You know, a lot of times we, we understand that your thinking affects your actions. How you think is how you act. How you think is, is, is pretty soon how you act and how you develop a habit and then a lifestyle. But I want you to know the opposite is true as well. And so, so how you act, it begins to change how you think. Um, when you have, or, or before you meet the Lord, your mind thinks in terms of get, let me just put this word down here, greed. You can't help but think that money is, is every big thing. In, and, and, and so this greed is on us. But you see, when you meet the Lord, God says, how many know God says, give, give, and it will be given to you. See, you can't, you can't, you can't get this erased from how you think in your thinking process until you actually do this. If you will do this, what happens when you do this, something happens to the thinking. Your thinking begins to start to follow your doing. And so you begin to give. Now, I'm not saying to the church. I'm saying to people. Start to give grace. Start to give forgiveness. Start to give love. Start to give to people. Give and it will be given to you. Can you say amen? Amen. God wants you to begin to do the word. He wants you to begin to do the truth. Put it into practice and see if the practice doesn't start to change the thinking. Now that I understand what it is to give, all of a sudden my my thinking begins to change. No longer do I think my way to get is greed. My way to receive is, is to be blessed as a giver. Amen? You have to begin to do. Your actions start to change your thinking. Your actions start to... The doing starts to change the thought process. We've done it the other way around. We've we've thrown ourselves on the floor. We've cried. We've glared. We've we've done the, the, the actions before that developed our thinking. I'm saying now, do the other actions... Grace, goodness, blessing, giving, and, and watch those actions begin to change your thinking as well. Can you say amen? amen. So number one, your, your, your truth in practice begins to change your thinking process. And then number two, identify the source of your thoughts. This is very important that we understand where are my thoughts coming from? Where is this thought coming from? And so when I hear this thought to... Uh, be shame, shamed, or be guilty, or be angry, or when I hear this thought to say, you know, what does it matter? What does it matter? Who cares anyway? What good does it do to serve God? When I, when I begin to hear these thoughts, I have to say, is that from God? Is that thought from God? Because I want you to understand something. If these thoughts are from Satan, if these thoughts are from Satan, He's not just trying to get you to slip up a little bit. He is planting um, almost like uh, tripwires that he's going to blow the whole thing up. He wants to blow your whole life up. He doesn't just want you to uh, slip up with a little immorality. He wants you divorced, in bondage, broken, with a busted up family. He wants to destroy your whole outcome of your future and every good thing that God has for you by planting these thoughts in your mind that actually have a a very uh, catastrophic outcome. Where do my thoughts come from? Sometimes you're sitting in church and you hear a thought, you know, why am I even praising God? Why am I even in church? I don't belong here. 
I don't belong here. I don't fit in. I don't fit in. I want you to know the devil never talks to you in a third person. You don't fit in. He doesn't talk to you like that. He talks to you in the first person. I don't fit in here. You have to discern, did that thought just come from God? I don't fit in. Is that how God would speak to me? Is that what God would say to me? Was I just lifted up? Was I just filled with faith? Was I just filled with hope? Or did something weird just come into my mind? See? The thought comes to you, just click the clicker. One little visit to that website. It won't hurt you. It won't kill you. No one will know. Are those thoughts from God? You know, the devil will tell you how harmless sin is, but God will say the wages of sin is death. It it, it is not going to be good. You have to understand that the thoughts that the devil would uh, plant into your mind are connected to other things. Depression is connected to something else. Disappointment is connected to something else. Shame is connected to something else. See, shame wants to be connected to sickness. Shame wants to be connected to immorality. Depression wants to be connected to suicide. All these things are connected. It it might be connected to bodily things not working right. And all of a sudden, now you've got arthritis, and now you've got pain, and now you've got migraines, and now you've got uh, sickness, and now you've got these things that are on you, and, and... and so forth. You know, uh, I saw one of the prayer requests, insomnia. I'll tell you something. Something happens in our bodies, but it comes from something back here. We have to discern where does the thought come from. Whatsoever things are true and noble and right and praiseworthy and excellent, these are the things I need to think on. Now, The Lord will never condemn you or someone else. You ever hear a thought, what does she think? She, that's not coming from God. Criticism, negativism, all that kind of stuff does not come from God. And so you have to be able to uh, check your mind. Sometimes our, our thoughts have hateful thoughts against other people. You know, don't raise your hands and let it get real quiet in here. But... Sometimes our thoughts are hateful toward others. Hateful. The only reason she does that is because then all of a sudden something hateful will come out of our mouth. But in fact, that cannot come from God because God would never say that about her. She might be broken. She might be weird. But God loves her. God's working on her. God's blessing her. You know, I always say this. Whoever... Whoever Satan hates, I want to love. Whoever God loves, I want to love. I don't want to hate a person God loves. I mean, this is a no-brainer, isn't it? I don't want to hate someone God loves. And I don't want to hate someone Satan hates. I want to get on the right side here. Let me just wrap this up by saying to you very quickly, thoughts from God build you up. Thoughts from God are tender. Thoughts from God leave you lifted up. Those are thoughts. Even if they're correction, even if it's a rebuke, God can rebuke you with a tender hand. He can rebuke you with a tender hand. Thoughts from Satan are rough and gruff and nasty. 
sharp, loaded with shame and guilt. So you're going to go to that church. So you're going to lift your hands. So you're going to worship the Lord. That's the devil. That's not little. That's not you. And that's not God. That's the devil talking to you. And let me tell you something. You know, this is a whole other lesson. But the devil is no dummy. And he's no little devil. The Bible calls the devil the great destroyer. He has destroyed kings. He's destroyed mighty men and mighty women. The great destroyer. He is very good at being able to undo everything that God wants to do for you. And he does it in subtle ways. But let me tell you something. The voice of the devil is always gruff, rough, and will tear you down. It'll never build you up. It'll always leave you broken down. We have to have a, 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 a heart and a mind that discerns where do these thoughts come from. And if they come from the devil, I just instantly throw it out. I want to just throw that thing out. Amen? So when I'm driving down the highway and somebody flips me the bird, I don't know if we can say that in church. I will not hate that person because Satan hates him. And I'm not on his side. I just look at the person and say... I did that to one person. One time they were flipping me the bird and flipping me. They kept flipping, flipping. Finally, I just started going. The guy started busting up laughing. He pulled up next to me. I'm not going to hate you. I'm not going to hate you. I don't know why you're so mad, but you know something? I'm praying for you. Amen? I see myself in you. Come on, I see the hostile mind. You need to just come over here and get your spirit made alive. God will put love in your heart. Stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. Our prayer is that God would just work on our minds. Amen? Amen. But we we need to take our spirit man uh, serious. This is the part that hears God. This is the part that sees truth. And this is the part that will help us make this entire package. I'll tell you something. This entire package, spirit, mind, and body, spirit, soul, and body, is an unbeatable combination. You are the human being that God created from heaven to be an unstoppable force with an unbelievable outcome. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Let's just thank the Lord. Fearfully and wonderfully made in Jesus' name. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this night, for all of your blessings. Lord, I pray, God, that you open up our hearts and minds to be able to understand, God, that you are with us, you are for us, Lord, and you are fixing us. I thank you, God, that you have redeemed our minds, Lord. You've redeemed our lives, Lord, and you're blessing us. One day at a time, one week at a time, God, you're fixing us, you're blessing us, and we thank you for that, Lord. We love you in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, We hope you enjoyed this week's message. For more information on New Life and all of our campuses, log on to www.atnewlife.org.